everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation with successful business owners who share their secrets of thriving in business while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. I'm Nancy, the Chief Flying Pig Wrangler, and I help entrepreneurs and business owners who know they have to make a move, but they don't want to just to move. They want to make it in a more sane, strategic, and systematic way and stop spinning their wheels. I know our guest today has some insight into that. So grab your pens and paper and get started to take notes. It's going to be good. Welcome, Pat. Oh, Nancy, that's quite the intro. (laughs) Thank you. Can I say something first before we kind of get into this? Go right ahead. is, Is just for everybody listening. I met Nancy... What was it? I think you were right, 2008. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. Like a long time ago. (laughs) 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 And and I I know my business has changed significantly since then. But it was when I saw that you were doing this podcast, I had to jump in because quite frankly, I think this whole concept is brilliant. I think it's a very, very needed resource. Thank you for stepping up and doing that. Well, thank you. I love it. And there's not a single show that I do that I don't sit here taking notes and learn myself, you know, because there's so many, like you said, we've been doing this stuff for a long time. And when we started, there were no books, there were no Google insights, you know, there was was no Google. No. (laughs) (laughs) So everything we've learned we've learned on our own. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's funny, you know, it's so different now that you can just Google something and find your answer and get ideas. And when we started, I mean, when I started, I met you at the uh, virtual assistant conference in Michigan. And when I started prior to that conference, the term virtual assistant didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. And of course, I no longer refer to myself as a virtual assistant. Yeah, it was a really, it was, it was, I felt like it was the wild west of the internet when we started. It really was. was My first computer was a K-Pro. Do you know what a K-Pro was? Oh, no. Oh, it was like a Tandy, right? It was this metal box that was all one piece. It had a monitor about this big and you had two eight and a half inch floppies. There, it ran on DOS. There was no hard drive. You had to code everything. You just couldn't do control B for bold. You had to this and forward slash, and, you know, so it was crazy. But the point of my podcast really and truly is there's so much. We've gone from the Wild West of oh. not having anything to now we have got an oh yeah crushed an by the amount of information. And you can pay someone thousands of dollars and walk away and say, well, why'd I do that? I've done that. I have too. <laughs> <sighs> Oh my gosh, it was an awful experience. Awful. She did get me excited about my business again, but she cost $7,000 for five sessions. 
And the fourth session, she said, I know what you need to do. And she rattled off exactly what I was already doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You know, I'm sitting here. The, I paid 18000 for one of them. Uh, and I'm sitting here and I'm going, I know this. I know this. This isn't anything new. What am I learning here? And then when I have questions and try to get an answer, no specifics. Total, yeah, yeah. yeah total emptiness yeah. out there. Definitely so that's what this need, podcast is all about. <laughs> that's good, yeah, because and everybody needs action plans. You know, they need to know what to do next and what not to do next. <laughs> and that that actually jumps into our first question, but we need to introduce you first. Tell us who you are and what you do. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. I am. My name is Pat Williams. Nineteen ninety nine. I moved from Canada to the United States. My realtor knew I was building a website for my children and said, can you build a website for me? And so I built her a website for free because I was not allowed to work in the United States. And then another agent came to me and another agent and another agent. And so I officially opened my business in 2002 doing marketing as a virtual assistant, although I didn't know what I was called then doing marketing for real estate agents. And I actually still have that first client. The average age or time my clients have been with me is eight years at this point, only because I've brought on a couple of clients who are only uh, a year or two old. They brought down my <laughs> average age. <laughs> but uh, in that time, I've gone from being a virtual assistant to an online marketing manager. So I take a very holistic approach to online marketing in that what I've seen in my years of business is because each industry, search engine optimization, social media, each of them has become an industry in and of itself. But what I'm not seeing is people understanding that it all points back to your website. Your website is your real estate on the web. It's what you own. Nobody can take that from you. So everything you do, whether it's on social media, for SEO, paid for marketing, should all in some way be focused on that larger goal of promoting your website because you own that. You know, you know, you've seen it. What was it? Six years ago, people were saying, oh, forget your website. Just build a page on Facebook. <laughs> All you need is a landing page. <laughs> yes, exactly. And the reality is, is that you should always be building your own real estate and everything else should support that. So that's my premise for my business. And that's how I work with my clients. Well, I love it. And, you know, it's it's not something you see all that often. No, you most know, people are just... Yeah, everybody focuses on Facebook and, you know, and yeah. the thing with Facebook is you can put something up there today and they can decide they don't want it up there and it's gone and you're booted yep. out of Facebook for however yep. long, you know? Yep. So, I have a client who just built a... Uh, a website with me he was on etsy and earning almost a hundred thousand dollars a year and etsy decided to shut down his account and not tell him why and he worked with them or tried to work with them for days and they wouldn't answer him so then about a week later they went oh we made a mistake and they put it back up again but then they did the same thing again not a week later and then they put it back up again. But meanwhile, all his sales have plummeted because his yeah. clients thought he was gone. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, own your own real estate. Absolutely. What you control. Let's take that a little bit farther because back when I was first starting and 
most of you guys probably don't know that I started out as an administrative management company. That's what we were called back then. <laughs> we, we did all sorts of things for people, but I had my website. I could do it. I could figure it out. I had a GoDaddy website and I had made it with Dreamweaver. That's how long yeah. ago, <laughs> but it was something that I could do. And I was perfectly happy with it. It was a beautiful website. It had everything on it that I wanted. And everybody came and told me, oh my God, that's so unprofessional. You got to get it off. Go daddy. You you know, so, and now it's, do I do a Wix? Do I do a Squarespace? Do I do a WordPress? Well, I could do Wix. I could do Squarespace, but that's the same sort of format. And and you don't own those, by the way. They're not I, I I don't say not to use those. I think that there is a time and a place for that. For example, if you don't have the budget to build a website or you don't have the know-how, then that is a good starter step. But you should always have in your mind that you need to be putting away and saving for your own real estate, your own website. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and WordPress is fine because you can move that wherever you want. WordPress, I can't figure out. I have to hire somebody to do my WordPress website for me because I just, it, I've gotten very technical with everything that's going on on my website. I have a calendar, I have, you know, downloads, I have my podcast, everything is there. And I'm so afraid that if I went in and tried to do something, I'd delete the whole thing. But you have an assistant, right? Yeah, I do. She does all that. That's key. That's my point. That, you know, and coming from the VA framework, we know the value of hiring other people to do things. Well, of a good assistant. A good assistant. Yes. Yeah. A really, to finding a good assistant that fills all the needs that you have. I had a lot of trouble finding the right person. And I feel like after it's been 20 plus years that I've been in business now, and I feel like now this year, this year, I've found the right person that will allow me to grow, but it took this long. And part of that was my mindset. My mindset was you hire local, you hire North America, you hire Canada, you hire the United States. That's the best. And and this person that I found is actually in the Philippines, which I swore I would never do. But I got really tired of hiring people and having them work really hard for three months and also refusing to do some of the other tasks that I needed. Like everybody, that whole, this whole niche thing. And of course, I haven't niche nest or niche if I'm in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> I struggled with that my whole business career. And I finally realized that my niche is being looking at your website as a holistic thing. But VAs are in their own niches now. So it's hard to find somebody when you only have so much of a budget to hire to do all the things that you need them to do. So I now actually have a full-time assistant and oh my gosh, it's glorious. (laughs) But we have to convince people that the value that you're paying them is worth it because I know for a long time, even having a VA business, I went, I can't afford to pay someone to do this. I got to do it myself kind of thing. 
And that's the mentality of a lot. But when you're actually given the opportunity of doing what you do instead of trying, instead of me trying to figure out how to do WordPress, you know, I could just say, hey, please change this on the website. And I've had the same assistant who happens to be in Canada (laughs) for for many years. And she's now retiring to be a full-time grandma, which is so exciting. And I'm going, oh my God, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. But we yeah. fought, we have hired a new young woman who happens to be in the Philippines. She's doing websites. She's doing my social media calendar. She's, but I'm still going, oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, what am I going to do? So, you know, and one of the things that we're actually doing now is creating an overall master plan. So that she can go in and look and she says, okay, we do this and we do this and this is how we do this. And this is done on such and such a day. So she's not having to just guess, you know, she's going to know what I want, how I want it and when I want it, which makes it easier for her and it makes it easier for me. Yeah, that goes back to a mistake that I made with my people in that when I hired them, I hired them as subcontractors. So my thinking always was, well, they're in business for themselves, then I'm their client. So they should treat me like I treat my clients, which is I plan, I develop uh, ways that they can improve their business. But that didn't happen. And I realized in working with this woman that I'm working with now is that I didn't give them the guidance that they needed because I treated them like their own business person, which is how I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. They probably didn't get the guidance that they should have had. But at the rate I was paying them, I wouldn't have expected to do that. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a, so now I'm paying a lower rate. I have a higher quality of service, but that's also because my time is for training is now built into that rate. So I don't mind doing the training to the degree that I have to with this person versus the people that I had working for me before. Yeah, yeah. I think that's so important. And we're expected in whatever business we're in, we're expected to know everything there is to know about it. But Mm -hmm. even though we're their client, they're working for us. Yes. Yes. And every person they're working with probably does things a little bit differently, wants Mm -hmm. different things done. And and so for someone, you know, someone to just walk in the door and say, I got this, no problem. uh, That's a little bit naive, I think, you know? Oh yeah, no, no. There was definite training in the beginning, but I didn't communicate as clearly and as often as I should have. Yeah, I think that's so, a big lesson that we all need to learn. Oh, uh, yeah, I've learned a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me some more about some of the other lessons you've learned. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's really hard to set your pricing when you start off working for free. And it's hard to. So I think the lesson for me is to really spend time understanding your value. You know, you and I didn't have the opportunity to do research on the web when we started. So we didn't know what to charge for these brand new services that never before existed. But now people coming into business now can do the research and understand what the value is. And I'm not suggesting 
inflating your value. But I think especially women, and I know there's probably men on this podcast as well, but women tend to underestimate their value. So don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. If anybody's listening, really understand your value when you start. Because once you have clients, especially if they're ongoing, I mean, if you're churn and burn type business where you bring a client in and then they're gone and then you get a new client, that's different. In an industry like mine, where you keep your clients long-term, it's really hard to raise your prices significantly with those clients. Yeah. So make sure you understand your value straight out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing that goes to that exactly is back when I was doing this in DC, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, I was charging $75 an hour back then. Wow. And getting oh my it. Gosh. But I had 10, I had 10 employees. And I was paying $10,000 a month in rent because I was a brick and mortar business. Wow. So, you know, but I was getting it and, and no problem. So all of a sudden I moved back to Michigan. I changed gears and I said, yeah, you know, my, my consulting is $200 an hour, which is, you know, going rate. And people look at me and go, are you totally out of your mind? Oh yeah, Michigan's a whole other a whole other world. It is. Especially in that time, you know, in the mid 2000s was Yeah. Nobody was, had any money. No. But it it was to me it was a mental hit against a brick wall because here I was charging good money and now I no longer can. So does that mean I'm not as good as I used to be? You know, you get into oh, these whole yes, mental yes. frameworks. And so then you keep backing off your prices till till I got to the point where I was, oh, you want to work with me? Oh, thank you so much. You know, I'll, I'll charge you 10 bucks an hour. So you've gone yeah. from 75 to 200 to 10. Yeah. And I think too, I've, I've raised my prices recently and I'm, I'm now starting to the market for the first time in my career, my business. And I think part of it is too, is learning how to communicate the value and what people will get for that amount of money. And, and having been in the industry so long, it's easy for me to say, okay, so you have a website built by George, your, your cousin's nephew this is the information that George is going to be missing that you won't miss when you work with me. So that's that, you know, just finding that way, that elevator speech that really pushes your value home. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, having good testimonials from those other days, but you know, again, so much has changed since we were doing what we started doing. Yeah. 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 I've got, I've got tons and tons of testimonials out there, but they're all from, 2008, 2010, you know, I need to, I need to start updating them and getting new ones because that really is an important part of business. It's it's that, that no, and I've heard a new way of saying this recently that I think is very interesting, but it's the no like, and trust factor, you know, Mm -hmm. without the testimonials, without people saying how good you are, you know, you're taking a chance that no one's going to want to work with you because they know nothing about you. The new way I've heard it said, which I really like is Know, like, trust, and respect. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. I like that too. Because respect is key. It is. So I think it's great. 
I want to talk about because I just did it for six months and I don't know how you do it. You live full time in a motorhome, <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, having been in Michigan during that lovely time of the Great Recession, I think it's called, living in a half a million dollar house on water, um, my house lost half its value and all of my money. (laughs) I did not have to short sale it, thank goodness, or foreclose, but I made, I walked away with nothing. And so I was struggling just to, my son was still living with me. I got an apartment close to the university where he was. And I had always wanted to travel. It was actually one of my main points before I got married. I said to my husband, my goal is to travel the world. I want to see the world. So that's it. And I said, I will marry you only if you promise that this is what we're going to do. Of course he did and he didn't. So now I'm not. That's the short version. How do you work when you're in a motorhome full time? You know. Well, what I what I did was I decided that I was going to combine my work and my love, and the best way for me to do that to control my environment was to do it in an RV. And I have actually, I just picked up this because it was a good deal uh, for T-Mobile, a hundred gigabytes of data and the little uh, Wi-Fi unit yeah. that I will take with me. And then I have Verizon as well. Um, that's dang COVID, expensive. <laughs> uh, Pre-COVID, I had AT&T, which was $120 a month for uh, unlimited internet, which was well worth it. And and that's what I do. I And I plan my travels around, there's a, a website called Campandium, and it lists it for each campsite, if somebody's been there and reviewed it, what the Wi-Fi strength is. So that's how I pick where I'm going to stay. And that and that not only includes paid campsites, but uh, boondocking spots, which is what I prefer, because they tend to be more wild, fewer people. You can't beat the parking lots that most RV places are now. So yeah, so that's how I travel. And then last year, I sold my fifth wheel and went to Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia. And it was supposed to be for four months. And the internet there was glorious, except for Cambodia, which I did over a weekend because I knew it was questionable uh, or over a long weekend. I just went to uh, Siem Reap and, and uh, saw the temples there. But in Vietnam and, and Thailand, the internet was brilliant. So I was able to work without any problem from my Airbnbs. And then uh, evenings and weekends was when I did my traveling. And that's what I do when I'm on the road here in North America, too. And I've traveled Canada, the United States. I've even gone into Mexico with a group of people and worked. That yeah. internet was a little questionable. It was yeah. it was stressful. Yeah. I did get the work done. Took way too long. <laughs> but but <laughs> that's I, what I happens. Think, you yeah, yeah. I think hour the, to a twelve hour day. I think the point of all of our conversations so far is, is that, and it's what I preach to my clients all the time, is that you have to have a plan. And that you can have your dream, you can have your goals, and they work if you have a plan. Yes, absolutely. And that is something that I have lived with my business and, and living with chronic disease is I have always made my business fit me. So I may not be wildly successful and, and operating, you know, a seven figure business at this point, but my, I have always geared my business up and geared it down based on what was going on in my life. And it's worked for me. 
I think in the beginning, I was afraid to take on more than what I thought I could handle. I was really afraid to step out into who I was and run the business that I wanted. And actually, even today, I, I've learned tips. Like my memory is not so good because of, <laughs> uh, you know, my autoimmune disorder. So I, so I keep notes. So even your name, Nancy, is here. Uh, the word chronic disease is here. Things that I, the word autoimmune disease is here because I know that sometimes when I go to pull those from my brain, they're gone. They're gone. I can't. Yep. Yep. Uh, I have so the same thing. That was my fear. I mean, remember when everything was, you know, you, there was the 140 conference, which I did participate in. I got the, I, I got brave enough to do that. But I watched all these people who started businesses after me with less experience doing all these fantastic things that I wanted to do, but I was too afraid to. Yeah, yeah. And I think that if I were to give myself advice where I am now to where I was or anybody else who might be in the same situation now is go for it. Yeah. Just, I mean, I missed a lot of opportunities because I was too afraid of not being perfect. I hear and you. you know what, if you have to cancel out on that conference, because you're too sick that day, or if you have to shuffle it for another day and ask somebody to make some changes for you, it's better to do that and try yeah. than to not try at all. Absolutely. And I think you need to, and, and, and again, I, I do everything by storytelling. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and it's my own stories, things that, that have happened for me. And I think that you're absolutely right. And, but you have to, if we're, if we're switching into the chronic conditions now, you have to really judge your body and your mind that day. As an example, you know, whether, whether or not you go ahead with something or, or you do put it off to another day, you get to the point oftentimes where you just go, oh, I just can't do that. And you put it off. And that again, I think is fear. A lot of times it's fear. Maybe you really yeah. are bad off that day and you just can't do it. My story for this is that I had a very, very, very stressful day yesterday. We just moved from Michigan to Alabama and the doctors down here are horrible. And they don't understand what it is that I have, my, my nerve damage. And in fact, I can't cut my toenails. And so I had gone to a podiatrist the other day because the pain's so bad. And I had gone to a podiatrist and they said, well, I guess if you can't cut your toenails, we're just going to have to amputate your legs. <laughs> they said that to you? And they meant it. They were serious. So we live two hours approximately from Nashville and from Vanderbilt Hospital, which is a really, really good hospital. So I had gone a couple of weeks ago to see a, an orthopedic surgeon. I've had 16 surgeries and they, um, they sent me to a sports med doctor instead of the orthopedic one that I had asked to see. And he looked at everything and he says, yeah, I know there's problems, but I'm not the one to talk to you. You know, you need to go talk to 
a specialist in orthopedic surgery. So that was my day yesterday. We spent the whole day in Nashville talking to the doctors and, and it was just, and it looks like there's another two surgeries coming up for me. So (laughs) I was in a really, really, really bad state by the time we finally got home last night and I didn't sleep. And I woke up this morning and I went, Oh, I've got that interview with Pat. Oh, you know, we've already canceled once. I just want to cancel. Nope. Doggone it. I'm here and I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's gotta be a balance. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know yourself to know when it's fear versus, and, and for me, I thought not being able to find my words was horrible, but in reality, I probably, that was more fear and fear of judgment. Yes. Fear of people not understanding what I was going through. Do you Um, use Evernote? No, I don't. You need to. I just started using it and it's right here on my other screen. I have two screens. Evernote keeps my brain for me. So I don't have to worry about it. Everything is right there. All of my, even though I use LastPass for passwords and everything, it's all right there in Evernote. So I don't have to, now, what website is that on? Where did I say that? My intro and extra for the podcaster here. My elevator speech is all right here on one screen and I keep it up the entire day so that if I'm going, I can't remember what I'm supposed to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier doing it this way. And that's what I do. I keep my notes up, but back then there wasn't this, it was no. all in person on the stage or yeah. whatever. So yeah. that's, so I yeah. guess that's a benefit that we have now is that we do this online. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely a benefit. Yeah. And you know, if, if you need to put your feet up or whatever, you can do that while you're doing this. My feet are up on a cushion right now. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. I had a feeling. <laughs> You know, and uh, you can't see the wheelchair behind me and, you know, all of that. Yeah. So but I'll, t- I'll tell you another story about fear. And it's, it's just to show everybody listening that, you know, you have to, if you really want to do something badly enough, it can be done. None of us are perfect. Nobody has ever had a perfect business. Nobody has ever had an overnight success, even though they make you think it, you know, it takes time. It takes work. I had just started about three years ago. I had just started doing podcasts and we were still in Michigan and there was a podcast conference in Florida. I'd never been to Florida and I wanted to go to Florida and I wanted to go to the podcast conference and I wanted to learn everything there was to learn about doing podcast. I was really excited, really wanted to do this. So I signed up for it. And then I kept sending them messages saying, well, I have these disabilities. If I'm sick, can I get out? Because it was a lot of money, you know, and I'm going, can I get out of it? Can Yeah. So I'm constantly, because I signed up for it like six months before the conference. I was one of the very first people to sign up for it. So for that whole six months, I'm backtracking myself going, fretting. Should I go? Does this make sense? What am I going to do when I get there? Am I going to be sick? Yeah. All of these worries that didn't happen. But we finally got there and I'm in a wheelchair at that point where Ed had to push me. 
he, it wasn't my, I have an electric one now, so I can do it myself. But back then he had to push me. We were in the basement level of this huge conference center. And there had to be at least three other conferences going on at the same time. So we're talking thousands of people. Mm. We're in the basement and we've got pretty much the whole basement area, but our workshops are all on the outskirts in a, in a big square. And in the middle is where all the vendors were, all the tables, all of this, all of that. Well, to get to the basement, we took an elevator, you know, big staircase right there, but I can't take a staircase in a wheelchair. Might've been fun, <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> so we take the, we take in the theory elevator. only. Yeah, <laughs> we were in, we were in Orlando, so it was Disney World. <laughs> but so we took the elevator. We got down there. He pushed me into the room where I wanted to be, and he pushed me all the way to the back of the. And it's a little, they're little breakout rooms, and he pushed me all the way to the back so I wouldn't be in anybody's way with the wheelchair. And he took off. He went to go to another workshop someplace. Well, people started coming in and people started coming in and people started coming in. They were leaning up against the walls. They were sitting on the floor. Every single seat in the place was taken. I'm all the way back here and I have claustrophobia. I'm all the way back here in the back corner. The workshop starts and the fire alarms go off. Oh, no. I also have very little use of my right arm. So in a push wheelchair, you're doing, yes, I can't. So I'm trying to get out of there. Everybody's going whoosh. I'm trying to get out of there. I'm going in circles because I'm just doing the one wheel, right? I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but that's really funny. It's funny. And finally, one of the last people still in the room says, can I help you? And finally got me out. And here Ed's running in slow motion across the room, right? You know, trying to get to me. And we get outside. Only to find out that there was an outside entrance on that level. Oh, so anyway we everything calms down we get back inside and it goes off again somebody was pulling the alarm oh (laughs) it wasn't a real fire they were just pulling the alarm probably somebody with chronic disease who was afraid to present probably (laughs) but you know I'm going this is why I didn't want to (laughs) come you know because I had to go through all of this but But was it worth it it was worth it and I learned so much and I had a great time and now I have a wonderful story to (laughs) so if you push yourself past that level of fear and the negative thoughts that come up yeah I've now been doing this for three years and loving every minute of it you know, so, so you hadn't done a podcast before that event, and that's what I've done a couple. A I'd done a couple, but I had I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And and yeah. Ed went to all the ones about the tech stuff, setting them up, getting the right headphones and speakers and cameras and all that kind of stuff. And I went to the ones about how do you do it, you know, how, how do yeah. you actually conduct a podcast? So that's nice. You guys are a team. Yeah, we are. It's so much fun. I love it. But you know, it's the story is that don't let fear win out. No, no. And that was that even back to me going on the road full time traveling that I had to push through that fear. You know, here I am a woman traveling alone, 
I have no mechanical knowledge. And what if I get stuck on the side of the road, you know? And I decided that the chances of that happening should not overshadow doing it. And I I have, I I did break down. It was in a campground and I had wonderful people to help me. So, you know, I am so glad that I stepped through that fear and did it. And now I realize that actually pushing yourself to be uncomfortable or through fear actually makes you feel more alive. Yeah. Yeah. It really, truly does. And get you fired. Yes, yes, yes. Well, once you feel more alive, you can feel like you can take on the world. Yep. So it's just, we're meant to push through those fears that are not life-threatening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think this has been an absolute, I can't believe we've gone way over time. <laughs> Have we? It yes. feels like it's just, I know, I know. I can't believe it, but I can keep going for another two hours. I'm just afraid we'd lose <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They set an hour aside. I tell Sorry, you, people, we're gonna we're we're gonna close this off and continue talking. There you go. That sounds great. <laughs> but you know, I think normally we talk about and and we did. We've we've really talked about tips and strategies and things. Uh, not necessarily so much the tools, but I think today's conversation has probably been one of the better ones that I've had in a long time because it it really gets to the base of who we are and what we do and why we do these things. So thank you so much, Pat. This It's just been such a pleasure to get to talk to you again after so long. So Yes, yes. And thank you, Nancy, for having me on your show. I was really excited to chat with you. Well, great. It's been fun. Good. I'm glad. If there was something that we didn't talk about, what is it that the one thing that you want to leave everybody with today? I guess just to summarize the most important point, and that is to not let any kind of lack of ability become a disability in your business, that you can make it work around what it is that is holding you back. You can make your business what you want it to be. You can find the ideal clients that will connect with you. You can do it. I mean, you can do it despite all the odds because you will make your business what you want it to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. If someone wants to get a hold of you, if they desperately need to have their website updated, how do they get a hold of you? <laughs> um, my, my website is cyberclutch.com, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-E-T-C-H.com. They can reach me, pat at cyberclutch.com. I'm on Facebook slash cyberclutch. I'm on Instagram, pat underscore clutch, Twitter clutch. They can reach me any of those ways. Or if they just want an evaluation on their website and their marketing plan, I will offer them a free one hour evaluation as well. Can't beat that guys. Take, yeah. down, take down that information and, and don't just take advantage of the one hour. Actually, have her do some work <laughs> for you guys. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you have any questions, leave them here on the comments. Uh, let me know what other topics you'd like to hear about in the future. And to wrap things up, often after a podcast, people want to know more about creating plans. They want to know more about moving ahead in their business and what it would look like for them. So if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact information is in the show notes, or you can email me at nancy at businesssuccessunlimited.com. 
Until next time, guys, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all, and we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye.